welcome to NCBI Labs. So you're very welcome to this NCBI Labs live event special. As you know, we've been with you for the last 18 months or so, and over that time, we've already covered 50 shows, believe it or not. But over those 50 shows, one of the more exciting developments that we talked about was the Microsoft Soundscape app, which we covered all the way back on live event number 11. But while it definitely felt like it was maybe a bit of a, a game changer, there was one drawback and it was a significant one for us here in Ireland. It wasn't actually available here yet. So we had to wait for it to be launched here. But the wait is over because today is launch day. In partnership with NCBI, Microsoft has today launched Soundscape in Ireland. Now we reckon that's definitely worth a live event special. So today we're going to devote the entire show to the launch of Soundscape in Ireland. And we have a, a number of guests with us this week from both NCBI and the Soundscape team to talk to us about the features of Soundscape and also the work that went into getting it ready for release here in Ireland. But before we introduce our guests, just to let you know that this is your key opportunity. Because we have members of the Soundscape team here with us today, uh, if you want to ask any questions about Soundscape, today is a great opportunity to do that. We have the right team here with us to, today to be able to answer even your most difficult questions. So whatever you'd like to ask, you can get in touch through the question panel on the right hand side of your Microsoft's, uh, Microsoft Teams screen or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie and we'd love to hear from you at any point throughout the show. Get in touch if you have any questions or comments, uh, please get in touch. Now, with us on the show this week, it's probably a good thing that we're not all trying to crowd into the one studio here because along with Sean Doran, JP Corcoran and myself, we have Chantelle Smith, also from NCBI. We have Karen O'Mahony with us as well. We have uh, Amos Miller, Jarnell Judge, uh, Fraser Carr and Stephen Abrams, all from the Soundscape team as well. So good to have everyone with us today and we'll get a chance to, to hear from everybody on the call with us uh, today throughout the show. But perhaps to start with, we can talk specifically about the origins of, of uh, Soundscape. Now, Amos Miller is a product strategist at Microsoft Research and has served as president of Guide Dogs Singapore and chairman of the board for Guide Dogs for the Blind in the UK. And along with Amos, we have Jarnell Chudge, who is a design and innovation architect in the Enable Group at Microsoft Technology and Research, and more importantly, both are co-founders of Microsoft Soundscape. So you're very welcome to the show, Amos and Jarnell. Good to have you with us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Uh, great to have you with us. And uh, I think we have Jarnell there, there now as well. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, uh, great. Yeah, we're delighted to, uh, to be here. Brilliant. Good stuff. So we're going to talk in a few minutes about the the features of Soundscape and what exactly it does, but maybe just a, a nice place to start is is just to talk a little bit about the the inspiration behind uh, Soundscape. What what challenge it was designed to meet, if you like? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Of course. Um, so this is Amos. Uh, I'm the I'm with Microsoft Research on the Soundscape team. I'm the product planner. So happy to, very happy to be here today with everyone. Um, it really is a, it's it is very exciting for us to finally uh, be in a position to release Soundscape in Ireland. 
and we want to make one just to say thank you for feeling making us feel so welcome um uh, it's great to have you with us yeah thank you and uh just be, may, would it be okay if i spend just a maybe 90 seconds just exp explaining for what soundscape is for people yeah absolutely. and then we can yeah. take a step back and talk about the inspiration um yeah work with it, yeah great um soundscape is is very much one of the leading apps for wayfinding and navigation by the blind and low vision community uh, worldwide. Um, and what makes it really special is, first of all, how easy it is to use, and hopefully that will come across today as we go through it, and also how clearly it helps you know where you are and in which direction you, know you need to go when you use it. Um, it's very, very simple to use. You go to the App Store, download it, turn it on, and just walk. You'll walk and it will come to life, um, and you'll see very quickly how it works. And what's really cool about it, which we'll talk about, is that we use special 3D audio technology that, so that if you use Soundscape with stereo headphones, actually hear the callouts in 3D around you, which sounds awesome. Excellent. Um, for example, if you walk along and there's a cafe coming up on your right, let's say Starbucks, you'll hear the word Starbucks and you'll actually hear it in front of you and on your right. So you know the in which direction it is and you'll kind of hear as it, as it approaches you on your right. If you walk up to an intersection, you'll hear a name of a road all the way on your left, one in front of you, one on your right, so you get a real sense for the structure of the intersection. Um, so, and we'll talk about some of the really cool features that that Soundscape does as we go through the through the session with you guys today. Um, Jonel, do you want to maybe jump in a little bit and talk about uh, the inspiration and where this has all come from? Yeah, sure. And uh, gosh, you, you might have to cut me short. Uh, but uh, uh, Jude, in, maybe sort of wondering, uh, why did we use sound and uh, not, uh, for example, uh, uh, cameras, uh, a phone's camera or computer vision or machine vision um, in some way? And really, I think uh, to, to answer that question, it goes back to the very origins where um, a good few years ago, uh, when Amos made the initial introduction to guide dogs in the UK, and we started having this conversation about how technology can help uh, people be more mobile and be more independent. Yeah. In many ways, the first and obvious thing that we thought about was using uh, a phone's camera in some way. But equally, I think more importantly, we felt that technology had to support the human experience. And in many ways, we try to make the technology disappear. We didn't want the person using Soundscape to sort of feel conscious or feel uncomfortable or uneasy, for example, having to take their phone out uh, yeah. to uh, in order to get information about the environment. And of course, uh, you know, when you use the camera, of course, you absolutely have to do that. And it was during some of the very early research that we were carrying out uh, with the support of guide dogs, in particular orientation and mobility specialists, and some of their clients that they were working with. And it was a visit uh, that we made to uh, the, um, uh, a part of London that was uh, 
uh, particularly sort of uh, famous for its legal history. So not at all the big tall buildings, but uh, you know, courtyards, medieval buildings, open spaces, tight narrow streets uh, um, and so on. And it was during one such visit uh, and on reflection a couple of days afterwards when Amos and I were talking about it, Amos mentioned, do you remember that uh, fountain? Uh, we always kind of knew where we were in relation to where the sound was coming from, depending on you know, if we were to the side of it, we might hear the sound of the fountain to the left, or if we walked past it, then we'd hear it behind us. And yeah. in that discussion, we suddenly sort of realised that, yeah, that sound and being able to discern where it was coming from was giving us a sense of where we were in relation to it. And it was kind of anchoring our experience, keeping it grounded in reality. Uh, in many ways. And that's when we really decided, well, maybe sound that works in the way that we as humans process and listen to the world around us, that could be a really interesting way to look at um, enhancing a person's awareness and appreciation of the environment. And from that, and a, a very rough and ready hack that we put together, uh, we conceived the whole notion of primarily using sound, as Amos mentioned, 3D sound, spatial audio to when you create this rich, immersive experience um, when yeah. when you're out and about or even when you're at home now. Yeah, brilliant. It sounds very much like um, just how you describe it there. It's almost like trying to prevent, almost like trying to prevent the, the app from becoming like a gate, a gatekeeper for somebody's experience of their surroundings. It's like you you more want it to be able to to fit in as a as an additional input as opposed to you experience that's, everything through this app. That's, that's, that's just beautifully put, uh, because in many ways, the challenge that we set ourselves is making the technology disappear. And with yeah. Soundscape, put your phone in your bag or your pocket, you put on your, your headphones, and you're just like everybody else. Yeah. You know, you're indistinguishable from anybody else who's walking around listening to music or a podcast or on a call with somebody. Yeah, yeah, very good. The, the, the name Soundscape is actually very descriptive, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, once we eventually settled on it. Uh, <laughs> Did that take a while? <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it, it, it is descriptive and, it, and, and it's very much about um, using sound, using call outs, but as they are in the real world, so that the, the added augmented information uh, and, and awareness it's really about enhancing your your awareness, right? And now enhancing your sense of where things are. If there's something that's 200 yards, 200 meters, and uh, a bit to your right, that's where you'll hear it, and you'll still hear all the traffic, and you'll hear all. The, you'll you'll be able to continue your conversation with the people that you're with, and or you know do what you need to focus on your dog if you're working a guide dog or a cane and still just have a lot more awareness of what's around you and where it is and how it changes position as you move in space which is and, some of the experiences yeah and, and, and just to add to that i mean you can sort of tell its name is derived from sound and and scape escape from yeah. from landscape but as we know, you know, landscape in many ways, um, particularly when it comes to field of vision, gives you a restricted view of the world. Mm. And here, one of the things that we wanted to almost sort of bring to life here for everybody, and Soundscape is for everybody, one of the things that we wanted to bring to life here is that we as people, we don't live in a 
a world which has restricted views. You know, we live in a 3D world and our ability to be able to create this 3D audio experience around you is absolutely central to that. It, it seeks to amplify and augment yeah. our existing senses in that way. It's interesting that you say that it's it's made for for everyone. We'll we'll come back to that maybe a little bit later on because that's quite an interesting idea in itself. But maybe um, let's see. We have got we have got a, a video in a moment that we'll we'll play just to give an idea of the sort of the way that this functions and what the experience is like. But just before we play that, could you just describe if somebody's listening to this and they're kind of getting to grips with what what we're talking about here, what would you say is like the key difference between this and maybe some navigation app where where it's maybe talking you through the, the steps that you take? It's still coming through sound. It's still something that somebody might wear headphones for. What What's the difference with Soundscape? You've kind of described it already, but just put a really kind of simple point on it for anybody who's just just a little bit confused. So the, it's very much it helps you with wayfinding and navigation, but it never tells you what to do. It really is about making sure that you have the information you need to make your decision that, that your navigation decision. So as you go walk up to an intersection, you, we haven't talked about the audio beacon, which is a key yeah. navigation feature with Soundscape that instead of telling you walk 20 meters, turn right, it tells you that your restaurant, that the restaurant you're heading to is, you know, 400, 40 meters in front of you and on your right. You know where the streets are. You can hear the traffic. You come up to an intersection, you, you get a layout of the intersection. There is a turning right. You know that the restaurant is on your right. So you will at that point decide to take that turn. It, the agency is always with the person. Very you good. are in control. You are in the driving seat. And this, this um, when you experience that, it really, you, you're never in a situation that, that you're getting instructions that you don't know how to interpret. You know, it's telling you walk 20 meters in which direction? I don't know which way to go. Do I walk up that street, down the street? Am I on the right street? You know, all of those questions are gone when you use Soundscape. You just go and you know where you are. Really good. Yeah. yeah. I, one of the terms that we often use is that uh, instead of being prescriptive, we're descriptive. Because as we know, uh, and we've sort of seen this with uh, car sat nav systems, the moment, uh, or even in walking turn by turn uh, instructions, the moment that we're given a specific instruction, our attention becomes almost exclusively devoted to following out that uh, instruction. So if it's, yeah. uh, it's telling us to walk 20 meters and turn left, in our mind, that's what we're doing. And uh, it sort of closes the rest of the world around us. And uh, mm -hmm. one of the things that we wanted to do with Soundscape is that you naturally and effortlessly build up that picture of the space that you're in. And because you know where things are in relation to you, 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 you stress less about uh, having to turn left because you just you just take it in your stride, literally. Brilliant. Yeah, very good. We'll we'll kind of maybe delve into that a little bit more in a moment, but it might be a good time to to just play a video that gives a little bit of a sense for for anybody who's uh, joining us here on Teams live. Uh, it'll give a little bit of a sense of how uh, Microsoft Soundscape works. So let's play that video.
Hi, we are here today to talk about the Microsoft Soundscape app, which is an application that allows uh, anyone with low vision or visual impairment to be able to have mobility and independence. And to help me do that, I have Amos Miller with, uh, with me uh, to really uh, give us a real demo of this application. Amos, do you want to describe Soundscape? Soundscape is really cool, okay? Using a stereo headset, it lets a person who's blind or low vision hear where the landmarks are around them in 3D. And in this way, they can build a richer awareness of their surroundings and feel more independent and confident to explore the world beyond what they know. That's pretty cool. So it's kind of like it paints what's around you in sound. That's exactly what it does. Shall we try it out? Let's do it. Let's do All it. All right. So you have the headset yes, on. Yes, I have the headset. And you start by pressing around me and just listen to where the landmarks are and tell me where you're hearing them. Around you. On a smartphone. Park 295 feet. <laughs> Microsoft Building 74295 wow, awesome. feet. Soundscape effectively takes the same map that you have running on the phone and plays it in 3D sound. Isn't that cool? That is so awesome. With Soundscape, instead of turn-by-turn -turn instructions, we will place an audio beacon on Building 34 so we can hear where it is. Got it. Okay. So, so this app knows how to rendezvous with that beacon. Exactly. So okay. we'll set the beacon. Okay. Okay, there's a button. To and so should beacon. I also do the same? Yeah, do exactly the same. And yeah. on the top of the list, you'll see Building 34 yeah. access ramps. I'll do that. Access ramp. Yeah. Beacon 285. Okay. Access ramp. And on your right ear, you'll start hearing a clicking sound. Oh. Can you hear that? Let's turn towards the way you're hearing the beacon. Yeah. Okay, so it's completely centered, and you hear a bell sound that tells you we are pointing at building 34. Okay? Yeah. Now, of course, we can't walk. There's a road on the way. That's so, correct. So let's walk along the road and find a place to turn right. Okay. All right, let's go. Let's wait on. You can hear the beacon on your right as yeah. you walk along here. So I know that I'll have to at some point turn right. That's right. So I'll start queuing the dog to find a crossing. Find a crossing. You might have received yeah. the like announcement. Yeah. Okay. So find a crossing. So you really work together with the app as well as your as well as the dog in this case. Yeah. Are you safe to cross. Yes, we are. Further forward. And now. As the beacon straightens so up cool. right in front of us, you should be able to hear the beacon right in front, which tells us that we are walking in a straight line towards our destination. Yes. But the interesting thing here is this can be useful for anybody who's in a new space, even if you're fully sighted. <laughs> That's right. This is inclusive design in action. Correct. Yeah, because as you said, you know, you land up in a parking lot or you land up in a campus that you yeah. don't know anything about. And obviously our beacon. campus, our buildings are not numbered in sequence. Yeah. Uh, very helpful. Mm -hmm. Building yeah. Good boy, Trevor. And we are at the access ramp. That's right. Good boy, That's Trevor. awesome. Good boy. That is really awesome. Fantastic. That Thank you so yeah. much, Amos. This is such a wonderful work. Where can people go get this app? People can get the app for free on the iOS App Store in the US, in the UK, in Australia, and we're working to get it to other countries as well. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. Smiling, they shake hands. Microsoft. Great to be able to add Ireland to the list at the end there as well. And of course I noticed Ireland, just there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just I noticed there actually that it was actually quite a good demonstration of what you were talking about. Just the fact that it doesn't take all of your attention so we could kind of 
we could hear the, the sound effects coming from Soundscape, but it didn't stop us listening to the dialogue that was going on there. It actually helped us to be able to stay focused on what we were talking about as well. Nice kind of demonstration of that. That's uh, not a coincidence, as you can imagine, Jude. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of research behind this and how we as people are able to actually do quite uh, a lot if the information is delivered in the right way, in a way that doesn't uh, in, uh, contradict or uh, interact. So, for example, the audio beacon doesn't have any words, doesn't have language other than the occasional distance call out but you always know where it is you can always hear it and it doesn't get in the way of of the of the ability to listen to another conversation to attend to another conversation unlike for example step-by-step -step instructions you all know the situation in cars when the next announcement comes up everybody in the car has to be quiet and listen to the instruction yeah. and once that's over and that the, the turn was taken then we can continue the conversation that doesn't happen with soundscape because it operates at different channels yeah, very good. And it, that is kind of, it is very easy to to keep your attention on those other things. It's nice to have that yeah. uh, example of that. What we might do at the moment, and stay with us, um, Jarnell and Amos as well, jump in and out of the conversation as we go through the, the rest of the show as well, wherever wherever suits. But we might introduce um, Fraser Carr and Stephen Abrams at this point, uh, both uh, working as testers and analysts with Soundscape as well. You're very welcome to the show. Good to have you with us. Hi. And Thanks yeah. for having us. Thanks for having great, to, great to have you with us and uh, great that you unmuted immediately as well. It <laughs> makes it all run smoother. <laughs> Brilliant. Very good. So maybe we can actually kind of break down some of the features a little bit more then because we've talked about markers and beacons and, and things like that. Um, could you just give us a little bit of a run through? Again, we won't get into kind of major, major technical stuff here, but just give us a bit of a run through about how the markers and beacons actually work? How easy is it to, to set a marker, for example, um, and how can you use that? Yeah, OK, I, I'll have a, a go at answering that one. So, oh, where do you start? Let's, let's, <laughs> in, sound, in Soundscape, you can effectively um, set a beacon on any location you choose. Now, with Soundscape's search facility, for example, you could search for, let's take, for example, the Spire, which is in the mm -hmm. middle of Dublin, which is a uh, something that everyone notices and, and helps them orientate themselves around the city. Now, if you were to use Soundscape, um, you could search for the Spire using the search facility, set an option to set a beacon on it, and immediately you'll hear this audio sound that comes from the Spire. So you can turn your head in any direction, and if the spire is to your right, you'll hear this beacon sound coming from your right ear. If you if you if you if it's behind you, you'll hear that beacon sound behind you. But if you're facing it, you'll hear the beacon. Uh, and there's a difference when you're facing it. You'll get a different kind of sound, which indicates you are facing the spire, and you just use that that sound to help you orientate yourself or navigate yourself towards the spire. And that can apply to any location you wish in your environment or wherever you may be. Um, now, markers, markers are kind of like, let's, let's say, favorite or yeah. important places. 
So many people um, will set their favorite cafe, a marker on that cafe, and that is added to your list of markers. It just gives you easier access to those places that are of more importance to you or favorite places. Some people have markers set on bus stops, some on their home. Um, you there is also another option within Soundscape where you can set a marker on your current location. Now your current location could just be a bench in a park uh, and you, it's a place you like to sit and have a cup of coffee. Just mark it and save that to your list. And in the yeah. future, if you ever wanna find that bench, you just set a beacon on it and just make your way towards it. So that's how uh, very quickly um, I can explain how markers and beacons kind of work i don't know if i've yeah. explained that yeah absolutely what i might do just is, is follow up with one one question that's come in from one of our listeners at the moment just asking about um the the beacon beacon there as you mentioned that you can set maybe a marker on a bench you could use that as a beacon i guess then if you wanted to but does it always have to be a physical object or is it basically taking it from whatever your location is on a map set up it, it, it's system? It's effectively anywhere. I mean, for example, um, it could be a cricket pitch. It could be a building. It could be an entrance. It could be a car park. It, it's it's, a, it's a, any location. Um, now, some of these locations are places you can actually search for because they are, we use, for example, in the background without going into too much detail, we get our data from OpenStreetMap, which is an open source mapping tool. Uh, and that's how many of the cities are, are mapped. And we also use Bing to supply us yeah. with data. Um, we, we, you, can, you can basically set a marker on any of those places that, where data is already present or on any location that you choose, anything. It could be that you know there's a, there's a, a dangerous corner or a an overhanging tree. Uh, you could set a marker on it. So you could do it anywhere. Very good. So is that sort of Just similar to, then if, if you were thinking of kind of a map system, it's kind of like pinning a location. It can it doesn't have to be on something. Absolutely. It could be in anything or anywhere you like. Amos, you were about to say something. Yeah, to I, I just wanted to clarify exactly that point that you can create it in your when you press your current location, it just takes your XY coordinates and places a marker there. So if you're going to the beach and you want to mark the point that you entered the beach so that you can get back from there, at that point you just press current location, choose create marker and you've got it. And then you can take a walk on the beach, go anywhere. And then when you choose to go back, you set a beacon to that marker and you walk straight there. Brilliant, yeah, very simple, very straightforward. Um, so that's kind of, that's both setting it and, and then being able to use it. You can choose from any of your markers on the, on the list that you've got and set a beacon to any of those quite, quite easily. It's kind of a shortcut to it, isn't it? Um, yeah. you mentioned there the, the X, Y axis, just maybe a, a follow-up question to that. Is there, and, and maybe this is a, a limitation at the moment, um, but just interesting to find out where the, where the boundaries are with this. If, if it's say like a, a an, a business on a second or third floor um, of a building, is it able to get the the fact that it's not on the ground floor, for example? Will it lead you to the building or it will it lead you to the business? It will lead you to the, well, I mean, if the, a building may contain numerous businesses. Yeah. Uh, and Soundscape doesn't differentiate with floors as of yet. Um, it's pretty much just imagine a flat map 
So if you're looking at a flat map and you see shapes uh, and points, that's kind of how Soundscape sees the world at the moment. Even though, for example, a tower building may contain 25 floors and businesses within that floor, you, if, if the address of that business happens to be at the same point as 25 other businesses, yeah. you'll, end up, you'll end up going to the same point. But once you're there, you're going to have to ask someone, you know, which floor is it uh, to that yeah. specific business? So that, we're not there at that point yet, but we'll get you to at least the building. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's good just to, to have the clarity as well. Very interesting. So we talked about kind of just as you as you come to like junctions or intersections before. Um, so let's say you've set your your beacon and you've got this audio clue that's bringing you towards where you want to go. You're following a road down. You come to an intersection. What sort of information do you get at that point? Fraser, um, so yeah, yeah Fraser, go for it. Um, so yeah, so as you approach an intersection, um, Soundscape uses this spatial audio that Amos mentioned to tell you which direction each road at that intersection goes in. Um, yeah. We also we know that like, maybe not everyone uses a headset, so we also tell you the direction. So if you imagine you're approaching like a crossroads, you hear the name of the road that goes left, goes ahead and goes right. Um, and they sound like they're coming from that direction. Um, this also happens if you're walking down and you're just approaching a side road that goes to the left, you'll, you'll hear about that kind of the spatial audio and the directions kind of help force that kind of model of the road layout. Very good. Um, it also works like three-way, four-way intersections. Um, Excellent. Yeah, so if you're say if you're coming up to a junction, you've got Dublin Street on the left and Main Street continues straight on or whatever, you'll hear from your left headphone into your left ear, you'll hear Dublin Street. Yeah. Great. Yeah, like very good. Up. Yeah, very good. Very useful. Um, so Jude, just to add add to that, and I think that's I think it's an important point. Uh, part of the uh, kind of inspiration for the design of of the way that an intersection is called out is that you get the layout of the intersection as well, because you if you hear a, a road on your left and a road in front, you know that you're on the top of an inter a T intersection, right? Yeah. Um, in, sometimes you'll be on the wrong, let's say you're walking on the left of the road, but the T intersection is off to the right, so you, you're never going to bump into that road, you never, yeah, but if you're looking for yeah, a place yeah. to turn right, you're actually getting that information that there's a road over on the other side of the road that you can take a right at, and so you'll be looking for a, a, a place to cross, You'll cross and then you'll take that road. So it, it really is very, very succinctly gives you the layout of the intersection as well as the names of the roads to look out for. Um, and it will also confirm to you once you took the turn which road you ended up on in case you, yeah. you know, yeah. rotated a bit too much. Yes, yeah. Yeah, very good. And actually that emphasizes again the idea of it still being your choice that you've got like the, the opportunity to turn right. But as you were saying before, it's not necessarily um, prescribing it. It's just describing the opportunity. Yeah, very nice. It, it, it's also quickly worth adding that we also mm. do roundabouts. So you'll hear Soundscape will announce to you approaching a roundabout with six exits. If it's one of those really complicated one, it will tell you that. So you can prepare yourself for what lies ahead. So it's not just uh, we don't just handle standard intersections, but also those nice little roundabouts that we have everywhere. 
Yeah, very good. <laughs> do you know? Do you know this is a question maybe that could come up in a couple of sections, but just we had a, a question in just now, um, which kind of fits in now as well. Just about if you're walking along, um, how does it tell which direction is which? So, for example, do you have to have your phone out in your hand and pointed in the direction you're facing for it to understand how to give you directions properly? That's a, a great question. Um, if you have your phone out in your hand, then we'll use the phone compass. But if you put the phone in your pocket, so you can just put it away hands free, um, then we use the direction that you're traveling in. Um, okay. So we just yeah know which direction you're traveling in and assume that you're facing the same direction that you're traveling, which most of the time works. There's also yeah. um, other headsets like the AirPod Pros, which actually contain uh, sensors in them which can tell soundscape which way you're facing in which case we then don't need to use the sensors on the phone for that at all and it can you can literally track your head movement so okay. if you yeah if you're facing the opposite way to you're walking then it will still be spatialized correctly can you i guess that is quite a valuable extra accessory is it because obviously if you're walking along and you're getting kind of sound cues but you turn your head to it it's kind of those those accessories that will monitor that will allow you to get a, a more accurate view of it as you turn your head, but but not necessarily change your direction of walking. Mm. Yes, it does. It does give you quite a nice experience. Yeah, very good. I, I just to just, uh, add on that a little bit, uh, Jude. Uh, yeah. And I think the uh, Robbie in the uh, Q&A just sort of asked, uh, asked that question as well. And I think uh, Michael Lee in the radio interview with Chantel this uh, morning mentioned it yeah. as well. And we're seeing um, increasingly more and more heads, headphones coming to the market that have uh, sensors built in, simply because of the um, greater set of experiences or capabilities that uh, embedding sensors in headphones allow uh, uh, companies to create technologies around. So yeah. uh, this is certainly a trend that we uh, expect will continue to uh, pick up in the in the months and, and, and years ahead. Very but good. for now, uh, yeah, the uh, AirPods Pro, as Michael mentioned, are a great example of having a more heads up and hands free experiences is how we often refer to it. Brilliant. Yeah, very good. That's really handy. Just to kind of finish out on that point as well, just as a, a follow up, um, let's say you do have the phone in your pocket and it's monitoring your movement and it's giving you your directions based on your direction of, of travel or not directions, but it's giving you your cues. Um, based on your direction of travel. Um, what happens if you then, if you stop, but your phone is still in the in the pocket? How do you get out of that scenario where it kind of That's, can't use your direction of travel? There are, there are basically three uh, travel modes, let's call it, mm. that Soundscape automatically takes into consideration. So for example, if you are stationary, we know you're stationary. Um, mm. And so, for example, there's a button in Soundscape which is called My Location. And if you were to press that button while you were stationary, Soundscape will tell you which way you're facing. But if you start moving uh, down a road or whatever, and you were to press the same button while you were walking, Soundscape will know that you're walking and will say, oh, you're heading along this road. Not facing anymore, you're heading. And yeah. it will even go as far as identify that you are in a vehicle. So if you're on a bus, a tram, a train, okay, and you press the same button, where am I, my location? It will say, oh, you're traveling. 
uh, in this direction, blah, blah, blah. So it doesn't matter what, whether you're standing still or whether you're moving, we are always aware of it and we will always tell you what's in your environment relative to whatever you're doing at that point in time. Very good. Excellent. Yeah, so no, that was an excellent, excellent explanation, Stephen. To, to, to be precise with the point that was asked, um, when you're stationary and we lose the direction of your movement, and uh, th then you will need to, if you want to query Soundscape for more specific information, you'll need to uh, pull your phone out to, for, for, for Soundscape to, to get the compass. Obviously, that's if you don't have head tracking headset. Yeah. Um, uh, but the the only information that you will the beacon will 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 continue and will estimate in which direction you are, and once you start moving in another direction, it will correct itself. Excellent. So it's actually very very yeah. simple to to get yourself out, but just take the phone out and keep pull, it pull the phone out, and immediately yeah. it snaps to using the compass. You'll you can sometimes it's useful to move the phone about left and right and really get a good sense for where things are and then, and then carry on with your work. Brilliant. Yeah, very good. And again, just um, we're getting a lot of uh, questions in at the moment, but just before we leave talking about some of the, the features and particularly we were talking about markers and beacons a moment ago and we talked about setting a marker. Just again to clarify a question from Christina here. Um, can you set markers before you travel to it? So you don't have to have visited there beforehand to set a marker, do you? Oh, great question. Um, yeah, I mean, I know, I'm not sure how much time we got here, but I'll be quick. Of course, you can search, as I said before, search for any location, even yeah. if it's ahead of time um, and set markers on them. So if you're visiting somewhere, a restaurant, somewhere you haven't been to, you can search for it, set a marker on it, and just, and you'll hear that marker called out when you are there or set a beacon on it. But I have, we have forgot to mention uh, a fantastic feature called Street Preview, which also allows you to preview in advance yeah. of travel uh, different places that uh, anywhere in the world, okay, you can just preview it. At the moment, it's kind of like a an intersection jumper. You can land at a location and jump between intersections and get a feel for the road layouts, uh, the directions of places. And you can still do things like my location and what's around me and what's ahead of me while you're in that preview mode. So there's a lot you can do ahead of time before you actually go out there and travel, which uh, so hopefully we've answered that question for her. Very good. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting feature. And maybe even just to uh, take a, a moment longer on that with the street pre preview. So you're saying basically that when you go into street preview, it's almost like it's letting you hear the 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 cues that you will hear when you are on the route. Not quite. It's that's more of like a simulation um, okay. where what you're describing there is if I wanted to walk between two a block or a yeah. street. I would like to hear everything that's in between. We talked about that, and that's something that we're aware of. At the moment, yeah. it's literally, I'm going to go from this part of the road to the next intersection along that road. So that's we kind of miss out the stuff in the in between at the moment. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're walking towards this. Uh, this is a, a pretty much a new feature that we've had for a few months, and there's a lot more we can do with it. And it's more like kind of key features then, by the sense of it, you kind of skip, skip to the next a section of the road or something is that is that Abs it? Abs kind of yeah absolutely but i think there's still a lot of detail in between intersections yeah. that we would like to include but that's something for the future 
Yeah, very good. So maybe now that we've kind of talked about just some of the, the features and obviously we're, we're, we're given a, a taster here of, of all of these features and uh, really somebody wants to get it in their hands to, to try this out just to, to understand how the features fully work. But can we talk just for a, a few minutes even just about the design process? Um, were there any particular elements that you wanted to include that presented a, a particular obstacle, for example, in the, in the design process? Anything that was a particular thing to get over to bring Soundscape to fruition? Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, there have been a number of challenges, I guess, over the course of the project is uh, going right back to when John was talking about the fountains and right from the kind of the inception of the project. Yeah. Um, so originally, I mean, it started way back as kind of a, a proof of concept here in Reading in the UK where we literally walked around Reading Town Centre and mapped some kind of some points of interest around the centre. And then we could go around, walk, hear them called out. And as a real, yeah, as I say, proof of concept, just check that the idea of sort of soundscape would work. Yeah. Um, and it, it did. So we then had the question of, right, how do you actually make this into an app that's scalable, works outside of this kind of 200 meter square area yeah, yeah. Um, and the first question you have is like what's the the best maps to use what's accurate what's up to date um what's kind of used worldwide which is how we ended up kind of with OpenStreetMap. um since so it's a kind of um publicly editable anybody can add things that are missing and it seemed relatively up to date so that was kind of the first big obstacle was this this uh, scalability of the mapping mapping software. Um, and then after that, we had like a load of sort of with our early beta testers, we have the, the challenges that the users would come up with, which is questions like, oh, I don't know that I'm approaching an intersection. So that then gets yeah, us to yeah. look at the data, work out, right, well, we know where the intersection is on the map. How can we kind of call this out in a soundscape way to try and uh, say earlier, like make it kind of mappable just from hearing hearing the words um, yeah. and then also other things like Stephen was mentioning about the markers we've got like obstacles like well not everything that you kind of need to know about is mapped like yeah. overhanging trees aren't mapped your favorite bench yeah, is yeah. mapped which kind of brought us onto the the marker feature um, is that obstacle to how we could overcome the mapping deficit almost um, and kind of came about this really nice feature that enables people to kind of personalize soundscape and make it more meaningful to them. Very good. Um, yeah, that that's actually very helpful as well, I guess, um, because we talked about markers earlier in in connection with um, beacons and almost being like your favorites or whatever. But if you were then, let's say you're going down a route that you go down regularly and there's an obstacle that you know is there. So let's say there is a, a low hanging tree and you're you're constantly um, bumping into it or you you brush against it or whatever you can set a marker there and you'll get a warning ahead of time basically from your from Soundscape will you? Yes yes so you, you have to yeah you have to have been there to set it in the first place but then um, yeah then just before you reach it next time you'll hear the call out telling you you can add a add a description as well you add a name and an annotation field. Yeah yeah excellent so that's kind of it's the dual purpose for your for your markers, I guess. We talked about setting a marker ahead of time for for actually knowing a, a set place that you're going to, but 
then as you experience different things, you can set markers as well to to just give you that more information. That's that's really helpful. Mm. I, I guess a lot of the actual app development would have been done prior to release in in other countries, uh, such as Ireland, for example, after its initial release. Um, but what was involved in actually getting it ready to be released in a new country such as Ireland? Uh, so <laughs> Ireland was um, interesting case, obviously, because you speak English, so it's far easier. Um, mm. For Soundscape to first ever be released in another country, uh, we had to go through the, the whole app and translate it, which is quite a, a big process. Um, yeah. You have to, especially terms like the beacon, Obviously, that doesn't yeah. translate. I don't necessarily want to translate it literally in different countries. Um, the biggest challenge we had for Ireland was making sure that the voices pronounce things correctly. Um, mm. And uh, well, hopefully, we'll yeah, yeah. have good feedback so far. <laughs> it, it can be an issue sometimes with, yeah. with some uh, place names and things. Yeah, it's it's worth adding, Jude, that we first of all, it's really important that there is support. A framework for people at, in, yeah. in in country, um, and the co collaboration at NCBI yourselves and others is is critical to build and and be ready. Uh, we also and Johnel uh, may want to say a word on that, but uh, we we also very recently um, moved made the soundscape available for anyone, which means that it's no longer classed as a medical device. Uh, while it was, then we needed to go through all the regulatory requirements, uh, which really uh, uh, took longer to get into countries. Um, but now we're not, so um, yeah. that allows us to get to Ireland quicker. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, mm. excellent. Well, you know, it, yeah, I was just thinking it, it sounds like actually that's probably a good time to to um, bring Chantelle Smith into the conversation because you mentioned they're kind of working along with NCBI and obviously NCBI has been very involved in, in this as well. So uh, welcome to Chantelle Smith. Uh, good to have you back on the show, Chantelle. Thanks, Jude. It's um, fantastic. I didn't I couldn't believe myself that it was um, show 11 that we spoke first spoke of Soundscape. Um, so it's fantastic. Incredible, um, isn't it? Yeah. It is incredible um, yeah. to uh, have this fantastic opportunity to launch it in Ireland today. Absolutely. And you've put a lot of work into this as well. So it's obviously very exciting for you to see launch day today. Um, I, I know in, in your work behind the scenes, if you like, you've been able to maybe get an insight into some individual cases where the app has been really um, benefiting people. Are there any particular examples that you can share with us? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to do that. Um, so I guess um, last year was a bit of a challenging year. We all know that around COVID-19. And so it did make it particularly uh, difficult to uh, test Soundscape in Ireland under those conditions. But we did a lot of that work with students that I'd already been working with in the National Training Centre. So I had already worked with them on their long cane skills and they had foundational, uh, really good foundational orientation and mobility skills. And I was able to um, introduce them to Soundscape as a follow on from that. Um, so one particular student, um, and, and we'll share a, story, uh, a video of Michael shortly, and he won't mind me talking about him, but Michael, uh, <laughs> So, um, and, and there's been other people as, as well, but I guess um, Michael would have been the student that I worked most extensively with Soundscape. Yeah. Um, so we 
Um, I, I first introduced it to him virtually last year. Um, he was really struggling when uh, we went into lockdown to particularly to be able to um, go out and um, independently do his daily walk. Um, so it was already a, a pre-established um, route that he would have done with his dad, but he just wanted to be able to get out and do it himself. Um, so we introduced uh, the Soundscape app and that enabled him um, to be able to complete this route um, every day during lockdown. So he was able to um, keep active and maintain his mobility skills. Um, I was able to um, remotely in the first instance um, share markers along that route for him. Um, yeah, and, and I guess at different points along the, the, the road as well, I added in annotations. Um, it was a little, we made it into a bit more like a, a treasure hunt in some ways um, to maintain yeah. his motivation over uh, the course of some of those heavier lockdown periods. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would imagine, was that kind of partially almost like testing it out and training somebody and getting feedback all at the same time? Was that the the idea? Uh, well, I probably should um, shout out as well and say that I had used Soundscape previously yeah. in Australia. Um, so I had experience um, <laughs> <laughs> introducing and I'm, I, I guess I, that's why I, I, um, I was yeah, already yeah. a big fan of Soundscape and had um, good experience um, with other students in Australia and that's why I was so eager to see it roll out in Ireland. Um, so I guess we had planned to roll it um, to, to do more of extensive um, testing with our service users ahead of lockdown. Um, yeah. And then, but then we, because of um, just the way the pandemic rolled out, we were very restricted in, in who we could do that testing with. Um, so there was there was an element of, um, I guess, well, particularly for Michael for testing the app, um, but yeah. for myself, it, it was um, more about whether it worked in Ireland, the local. Yeah, context. yeah, yeah. Seeing it kind of apply in a new environment as well. Very interesting. We have actually that video there that you mentioned, and uh, just really nicely encapsulates the the impact that it made on uh, on Michael's life. We, we'll show that video now if we. If we can, we'll just get a sense of how, how much of a difference it made for, for Michael. Chantelle Smith, National Access and Mobility Manager, NCBI. I first met Michael in November 2019 and he came to NCBI after he had a sudden vision loss. He was experiencing a significant loss of confidence and he was concerned about his balance and recent falls. Michael Lee, Microsoft Soundscape user. I just did not know what to do or how to move forward. I couldn't go anywhere without someone with me. I was losing my fitness, losing my sense of self and all my self-confidence. And then Chantelle introduced me to Soundscape. We worked on the route that I knew and we put notes down for lanes that I needed to go down with crossing points Imagine. marked out. Herbert Park Food Market, 18 metres. Elgin Road bus stop. And it made that journey just seamless being mobile again. It's given me back my independence. Approaching bus stop, 15 meters. It's given me confidence to know when I'm making a journey that I have Soundscape there to remind me where I am. Bus stop, 
ultimately being able to come in here to work every day using Soundscape independently is just an amazing achievement. If you'd asked me a year ago before I started using Soundscape, I would have said it was impossible. For Michael, the impact of Microsoft Soundscape was incredible. There's so many possibilities with what the app offers. So when you're thinking about mobility and travel, Microsoft Soundscape breaks down those barriers and allows people to get out and move freely within society and choose that, what they want to do from day to day. Very good. So uh, that's uh, really amazing just to hear Michael's experience there as well. And Chantal, as you're kind of listening to to that experience, and obviously you've been working so so much with Michael, you put so much work into Soundscape over the last however many months as well. Uh, it must be very satisfying to see, albeit that's just a snippet of the effect that it will have, but it must be very very satisfying to see that that effect that it has on on Michael's life. Absolutely, it's a little bit um, of coming full full circle, <laughs> um, and it's yeah. one of the I think one of the the best parts of being a mobility instructor um, ordinarily is that we work with um, our students over a long period of time, and we build good rapport with them and, and trust. Um, and to be particularly to be able to um, have a, an additional tool, um, which is so fantastic with Soundscape over the course of um, COVID was brilliant. Um, but I, I think the highlight for myself was seeing Michael um, independently um, catch the bus to work towards the end of last year yeah. um, and and really um, he, he has Soundscape there alongside him for reassurance and confidence. Um, but he's just he's getting on with things now and I, I guess that's one of the yeah, really rewarding things about being a mobility instructor is to see um, someone's journey right from the very start all the way to the to the end. Um, or as as far as we are through his his story at this point. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And, and, uh, you, we look forward to to hearing plenty more experiences sorry, as well. Sorry, Go ahead. Yeah, just just to jump in here, and I know that at the risk of embarrassing. Chantel, we just have to give her a uh, a massive call out for the. Uh, support, advocacy, enthusiasm over the last 18 months uh, over what we know has been an incredibly challenging time uh, for everyone. Um, but uh, the constructive feedback and the engagement that um, she drove within Ireland has uh, made today uh, absolutely possible. You know, her role in this, uh, we, we just can't sort of uh, uh, express how grateful we are for um, the work that she's been doing. And also, representing the broader O&M community uh, as well, because we know how important uh, O&M's mobility instructors are and the work that they do. And yeah. having somebody like Chantel express that faith and confidence in the technology, I mean, it's just so, so important. Um, yeah, that's the sort of endorsement, yeah. um, obviously from uh, service users like Michael, that's just so, so important because it gives yeah. us an indication that, yeah, uh, this, you know, technology is making a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And it's certainly been noticeable to see the, the passion that Chantelle has been bringing to, to that as well over the, the last uh, number of months and over the last year, really, I suppose. I think it was about a year ago that we spoke to Chantelle first about Soundscape, Soundscape on our live event, and that was already kind of quite a, a, a big thing. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, that shout out is well deserved, I think. Just coming back to yourself, Jernel, and uh, and Amos as well. Can we talk just briefly about maybe some of the 
the kind of external elements to the app itself. So, for example, we talked earlier about the map system that it's using. Uh, I think Bing was mentioned. Is that something that's kind of hardwired into it, if you like, or it, can it also work with other navigation apps? Let's say you've got Google Maps running in the background and you have a direction thing um, giving you directions all, all the way through. Will the two work together or do they kind of conflict with each other? Um, that's a great question. I think from the as we as we discussed from the beginning of this discussion around soundscape being invisible and in mm. the background and not something that's sort of dominant in your foreground. When yeah. a you know when a sighted person walks down the street and they see shops on either side in an intersection, they don't pay any attention to it, right? They just it's just there. It's in the kind of the what some what I sometimes say is the edge of concert consciousness, right? You're not really conscious yeah. of it, but it's there. You can always attend to it, but you don't need to pay any attention to it. And soundscape is is designed to work exactly the same. Like for example, you can listen to soundscape, listen to the audio beacon, and listen to an audiobook at the same time. You can sit in, sit in a, in a car. Uh, walk down the street, you can check your emails, you can, uh, like we talked about having a conversation with somebody else. And one of the other things that you can do at the same time is if you do want to add other form of information to your navigation experience, whether it's turn-by-turn uh, -turn instructions from Google Maps or whether it's um, uh, one of the camera-based uh, sort of object recognition apps, you can absolutely do that. And yeah. and Soundscape will work in conjunction with that. If you are wearing your stereo headphones, because Soundscape, all the sound that Soundscape makes is in 3D, and all the sounds that you will hear from these other apps is centered in your head, you will hear them both, and you can decide which one to attend to without having to sort of choose one over another. Uh, in, in, uh, specifically, so the, it, that's that's very much part of the underlying design of this of of this experience. Interesting, yeah, excellent. So good to good to know that as well, and to kind of have confidence in that that there's not going to be a, a problem with that. We, we talked earlier about it being on um, iOS devices, so uh, an Apple iPhone. It, is it out on Android yet, or what's the story with the the Android release? Sure. Now that's a uh, a great question and not entirely unexpected. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, yeah, thanks, Steve. The um, <laughs> reality is that uh, at the moment we are only available on um, on iOS, and uh, I'll let Fraser jump in in a moment regarding the uh, sort of uh, devices uh, and um, iOS versions on which it runs. And with respect to Android. Uh, I guess certainly from our perspective, uh, when we first released it a couple of years ago, we, from the research that we carried out, were aware that the uh, certainly amongst the blind and low vision community, the majority of people tended to use uh, an iPhone, and because it was such a new technology, we really wanted to uh, get a sense of how people would respond to it. Would they get value? Would it make a difference in? independence and mobility and enhancing their awareness when they're out and about. And I think as our confidence in that is growing, so is our 
research to sort of better understand, OK, what would be required to uh, to bring it to Android? Because we do recognise that uh, at the moment, uh, uh, not being available does potentially, well, it does sort of exclude uh, a number of people. But we are yeah. actively looking into it. Uh, we don't yet have a time frame that we can share, uh, unfortunately, because as you can imagine, uh, the uh, technology that makes Soundscape work is uh, uh, is pretty complex. So uh, yeah, we're uh, looking into it. Yeah, very good. So it's it's not something that's there at the moment, but it's not uh, it's not to be counted out either. That's uh, yeah. handy to know. Um, when when you're using it, then if you're using it on your your iOS device and uh, and you've installed it, sometimes maybe people might might just want to to know what to be prepared for in terms of any permissions that it asks for that they should accept. What what sort of permissions does it require? So Soundscape asks for location permissions, um, which we need to know where you are to know to know what's around you. Um, device motion uh, or his motion and fitness, um, which is yeah. needed so that uh, the direction of travel we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah, we need that. We need the iPhone to tell you that you're walking or tell us that you're walking, tell us that you're in a vehicle um, so we know kind of how to make those call outs work. Yeah, um, and then the other two permissions are Bluetooth, which is needed if you want um, things like the AirPod Pros. And then also notifications. Um, just in case if there's sort of issues with soundscape or there's updates you need to send out, sometimes you might might send a notification. Um, yeah. Then, yeah. And they're, they're the four that we ask for. So what I would it. add, Jude, is yeah. uh, I think a really important point to add to this is we do, Soundscape does need your location and motion, but we don't collect any of that information. So from a privacy perspective, we collect only usage data we don't know about the person where they are what they're doing um that none of that information is get, get is gets back to microsoft or stored in any way yeah very good and thanks for clarifying that as well i think that'll be good to know for for a lot of people um maybe just to come back to a, a point that was mentioned earlier it was actually kind of alluded to in the in the first video but again this is probably something that's nice to to clarify when we're talking about how um you know what other technology is needed for the app or how it works with other technology i noticed in the first video that we had there um that there was a, a pedestrian crossing that the guide dog brought yourself Amos uh, to. Is that the idea that the app isn't necessarily designed as a, a standalone solution? And I know you've we've kind of covered some of this anyway, but is it 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 isn't to replace somebody's mobility aid, is it? So for example, the cane or the guide dog. Yeah, no, it's it's like that's a, a spot on, Jude. I mean it's not designed as an alternative mobility tool. It's designed as an audio map and navigation tool that anybody could use, but they still need to use their own mobility skills and uh, and tools that you that you use. So if you if you're a guide dog owner, you use a guide dog, uh, absolutely do more with your guide dog, right? I think yeah, yeah. now with your enhanced awareness and enhanced confidence to get out and feel more independent, go and get your dog out for longer, more complex uh, walks to new places. If it's a cane that you're using, again, 
the design of soundscape is such that you put your, your phone away, this, the audio doesn't get in the way of the environmental input that you get. So use the maximum of your tools and the sensory input that you can get. Even if you use a sighted guide, a lot of, so I'm blind myself, a lot of my use of soundscape is alongside my wife who's sighted, right? And yeah, yeah, I use a guide dog, but often we go to places, we go together and I have soundscape on and critically it doesn't get in the way of our interaction, my, my mm -hmm. wife and myself. And we would go walk around the streets as in, in Seattle or if we travel in places and, and ju it just gives me a, a sense of I'm, I'm part of the experience. I know where we are, I know where we're going, I know what we're passing by. I'm, I'm part of the discussion about where should we go next. Sometimes I am the person who says, okay, there seems to be a cafe down this block on the right. Should we hop off for, for coffee? And, yeah, I, yeah. and I say, yeah. I think this this is this very critical to the to the overall experience um, and, and not being a navigation tool. Brilliant, yeah. 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 It, it's actually really good just to get the clarification on that. And probably one of the main reasons I, I asked that is just we've had a little bit of experience before with with uh, maybe new technology that comes along. And because it is amazing, it can sometimes seem as if it's an all in one solution almost that it, it replaces so many other things because it's mm. because it's amazing. But this is amazing precisely because it works with other things, isn't it? It's like that's nearly one of the the best things about this is that it's it's not blocking off all these other things, and it's designed to work along with so many other things as well. Yeah, and hopefully Absolutely. in a few minutes yeah. we can talk about some of the things that will uh, that yeah. are in the pipeline and uh, and uh, refer to some of the addition, additional examples of that. Sorry, John. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that. Uh, yeah, just to sort of reinforce that point. Uh, just taking into account as much as possible the context that the person is in, uh, whether they're blind or low vision or whether they're sighted. Um, we all have a range of different sort of activities, preferences, etc. when we're out and about. And mm. taking as much of that into account as possible and having the technology complement that, I think has been one of the uh, underlying design principles that we've always used to guide and inform the uh, uh, the work. And as you can imagine, you know, over the years, we've had uh, many, many prototypes that we've just had to throw away because we felt that they weren't in tune with what the person wanted or hoped for. Yes, and that's yeah. not to say that we think we're perfectly there. No, of course not. But uh, we do feel that there's sufficient value that's being provided that you know, some of the uh, drawbacks associated with you know, carrying a piece of technology, you know, pairing it, adjusting it, etc., are well worth the effort. Yeah, very good. You mentioned earlier, Jarnell, um, just the idea that that this is an app that's kind of designed for all. It's not kind of limited in, in its scope. Um, in in what ways would you say that that this is an app for for all. Like, can you can you just expand on that a little bit? And we'll ask just in a moment as well about where it's going in the future. But just even for the for the moment, why would this not necessarily be only for somebody who's maybe got a, a vision impairment? Yeah, so that's uh, that's a great question. Right from the very beginning, when we were thinking about um, the experience of soundscape and some of the technologies that we're exploring. We always wanted to design and develop technology that uh, wouldn't necessarily be 
categorized as belonging to or suitable only for a certain category of people. We want to remove some of that sort of stigma that uh, is often associated with technology built for uh, or designed and developed for people with, uh, with disabilities, because we felt that uh, designing something that works for everybody, intentionally so, thereby increases the access and inclusion for, for yes. everybody. Yeah. And it's true, we worked very closely with uh, guide dogs uh, in the UK and particularly with people in the blind and low vision community because we knew that if we could make the experience work well uh, with some of those constraints and some of those challenges, then almost by default, by doing it in a very human centric way, we were confident it would work well for everybody else. And you know, there's great examples in the digital space. There's great examples in the physical space, such as dropped curbs and door handles, which all originated from uh, addressing a need or a challenge that a person with a disability face. But ultimately, they proved to be useful and incredibly effective for everybody in a whole range of different situations. And Soundscape is just like that. And you know, we've created a whole gamut and we continue to create a whole series of uh, experiences that are designed for everybody. Uh, about 18 months or so ago, uh, we released a, um, a, a sort of a tourist inspired uh, Soundscape experience at the Skyview Visitor Center in Stockholm which affords yeah. these wonderful 360 degree panoramic views of the Stockholm skyline. But with Soundscape, we were able to guide a person towards a specific uh, landmark on the horizon and then virtually transport them there. Uh, we're looking at creating heritage trails, um, uh, yeah, treasure hunts. So there's a whole host yeah, yeah. of uh, experiences that, uh, uh, in addition to when as a sighted person, if you're using Soundscape, um, and I use it all the time when I'm going to a place I'm not particularly familiar with. It just makes me sort of feel more reassured because I'm not carrying my phone in my hand, you know, looking at yeah, that blue yeah. dot on the map. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and we fully uh, are looking to sort of uh, make that more and more prevalent in terms of uh, the range of experiences in order to make it more appealing and more attractive to everybody. Yeah, it's great actually, because it really does kind of fit in with that idea of being inclusive. It really is in inclusive because it's there for everyone. Um, we we talked there a little bit about, um, obviously it's such a, a powerful app at the moment. It's such an exciting thing to be able to release the Soundscape um, app today and to, to have that launched and be able to actually access it and, and try it out. And I'm sure there's plenty of people wanting to to give it a go now and to download it um, onto their uh, devices. But where where do you see it going from this point on? What kind of further potential is there for uh, Soundscape to expand maybe even in the future? There is a, a, a range of uh, horizons here that we that we think of. Uh, in the immediate term, in the in, in, in the immediate term, and the really exciting things that we're working on right now, the one is Chantelle talked at length about her work as an as an orientation and mobility instructor um, with clients, and one of the things that we've been working with Chantelle and a number of other orientation and mobility instructors around the world is how some of the tools that Soundscape can actually provide ONM to help them be more effective, be more effective in 
training, more effective uh, sometimes during challenging the challenge time of remote training, which is crazy. Who would have thought that we would be doing remote O&M yeah. training? Um, but yeah, we do. Yeah. And um, so we are we've been working to develop some tools to help with that. It, actually, the, the street preview, the virtual experience of Soundscape is one of the first tools, again, in support of O&M. The O&M can work with the student on a route. They can map it for them in Soundscape using markers, which they, 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 they then share with the student. And then the student can practice that route from home so that they can build that mental map. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the, the a tool that we're working on now is that they can actually build a route for a student, sequence the route, the sequence those markers, and then they start the route and then the audio beacon will hop from one marker to the next as they progress through the route, whether they do it. Uh, well, initially that's, that's going to work when they're out and about so they can Actually, if if let's say your route involves um, getting to one side of a parking lot and now you have to cross a big open space to another side of the parking lot, you can put a marker on the other side there and then create another marker, a third marker on that route and have those those uh, those markers hop from one to the next to the next. Um, and that uh, the, the, the important aspect here is that it gives a tool for the O&M instructor in their work with their student. Right. Um, yeah. And and yeah, and, and that's something that's um, uh, again coming into the, you know, the arsenal of, or the toolkit that ONMs can have to develop uh, to to work with students. Um, the other aspect, which uh, is related uh, and we think is uh, is really exciting, is the use of Soundscape for adaptive sports activities. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's when um, say an organization works uh, offering um, hiking trails, orienteering, kayaking, uh, cross-country skiing, various kind of sporting activities. Uh, we are working, uh, we have been playing around with that for a couple of years now with a, with a few groups um, in the US uh, and a little bit in Sweden as well. Um, to use Soundscape for that purpose. So you can place an audio beacon, a series of audio beacons, say on a lake and kayak from one to the next to the next as, and the blind person is driving the kayak uh, entirely independently. Not, not that there's nobody around to make sure that they're safe, but uh, nobody is telling them left a bit, right a bit, if you, you oh, know okay. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They can, yeah. They, yeah. And, I can and see why so you're excited by that, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's something else. There's no other experience like that. Once you start doing that, you really do feel in the driving seat. You don't have to go straight from one point to the next. You can zigzag. You can go eights, and you always know where you are. We've had a a, a, um, a guy um, in Africa who was telling us about him how he uses Soundscape when he win he windsurfs. Yeah. Uh, and he he has he always has a marker on the on the point on the beach where he needs to get back to, and he uses that point to always have a good uh, reference point uh, for when he windsurfs. Um, and we so we are releasing uh, pretty soon a set of tools for adaptive sports organizations 
to set up these kind of that they can use to set up these kind of courses, share it with the participants in programs, and really um, use Soundscape for these kind of experiences. So these are, I think, some really exciting um, next steps. And you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Jude, we we have seen that adapt adaptive sports experience is a great introduction to orientation and mobility. People who have lost their sight, sometimes they don't start getting back to life just by going to their nearest um, O&M provider and, and starting to work on their commute. Sometimes taking them out and taking them on a trail or letting them feel that they can get back to activity in the social yeah, environment yeah. Is, is the best way back in. Yeah, and we've yeah, seen that time, time and time again. Just to sort of reinforce that, it's these exact same tools for adaptive sports and uh, mobility specialists, which will then also allow a whole host of other, let's say, third parties to be able to create their own soundscape themed or soundscape inspired experiences. You know, whether you're yes, yeah. a service provider mm -hmm. responsible for a particular space and you want to bring that space to life, you can absolutely do it using pretty much the exact same tool. Uh, if you want to, as an individual, you know, create something for a friend or create a little sort of almost family network and um, you know, create this little game uh, of, um, uh, you know, uh, I think Michael in the interview this morning you know, just described as one of the things that Chantal did with him as a uh, bit of a, a treasure hunt, then using those exact same tools, you'll be able to do that. That's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's great to see that there's still so much scope for it to be used in, in other things as well. It's been brilliant to talk to you all about all of the Soundscape team and uh, Chantel as well, particularly with all the work that, that's gone in there um, about the uh, development of Soundscape, what it does, all the features and where it's going. But um, we, we do have just a few minutes before we finish up where we've got a, a, a few questions that have come in. We've kind of included a lot of the questions as we've gone through the, the interview, but maybe I can just ask uh, JP or Sean if there's uh, if there's one or two other questions that have come come in that we could get an answer to as well while we're while we have a few minutes left. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Jude. So yeah, it's really interesting to hear all about Soundscape today, and it's really very exciting that it's now available in, in Ireland. So yeah, we do we have several questions that have come in over the last while that you might be able to help answer. Uh, the first one is kind of a straightforward one. Does it work on older iPhones? So it works on iPhones running iOS 13 and higher. Um, I think every iPhone we work on runs those. Um, so it's the iPhone 6S Success. and the iPhone yeah. SE. Yeah. Um, there's two SEs. It's the, the second generation. The newer one works, and the older one still works as well, as long as it's running iOS 13. Yes. Okay. And just to add to that, uh, it's worth noting that there's actually just a very small fraction of people from the research that we've done that are running iOS 13. And uh, we'd always encourage people to uh, update to the uh, latest uh, operating system if your phone will uh, support it, because that will help ensure that uh, Soundscape is current. Yeah, so best to uh, keep up updated with, with have the latest updates on the, on the phone then, Janelle. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Thanks and thanks, Stephen, as well. Just uh, two more we might just uh, get through, if, if you don't mind. Um, how do I make the editing language change from Danish to English UK? I have selected English UK, but the keyboard still shows in some foreign language. Uh, is the user saying that the language hasn't changed within Soundscape when they make that change or That's outside of? Like what they're saying here. So if you change the language 
within soundscape it should change everything within soundscape instantly to the language that's been chosen but it doesn't necessarily mean that your phone and other apps outside of soundscape will be changed that language so there's two places you can change a language you can change it at a device level which is through the phone settings or you can change it within soundscape and therefore if you change it within soundscape the change is only within soundscape um, if they're seeing something different to that, I'd be happy to take that offline and follow it up. But um, it should it should work. And it should be pretty straightforward. Thanks. You want to give your email address, Stephen? Do you think I should, Amos? No, I think you should <laughs> give soundscape at microsoft.com uh, is the way to get in touch with us. Uh, soundscape at microsoft.com. And um, we, we look at that all the time and respond to questions. Uh, so if there's a specific issue that this person asked, <laughs> isn't resolving, then uh, we'll definitely help them debug it. Uh, thank you, Amos and Steve. There's one more question, if you don't mind. Uh, people with a hearing loss can have difficulty working out sound direction. Presumably, hearing aid wearers can connect to the app on their phone with Bluetooth, if available. Do you know if it has that, if that has an impact on the 3D sound effect? Yeah, I uh, yes, this was the uh, question from Mary, and I think I may have just right. responded to her uh, directly. Uh, yeah, my apologies for not sort of hitting uh, everyone. Uh, yes, so we know that with respect to hearing loss, that there's a whole spectrum of uh, uh, hearing loss, and this is something that we're actively looking at as well. But when it comes specifically to hearing aids, we've uh, done a little bit of work in this area, and those that uh, pair over Bluetooth to the iPhone, actually work pretty well with uh, uh, with Soundscape and it doesn't really have any discernible effect on the 3D spatialization uh, effect either. And the great thing about them is that certainly a lot of the modern ones don't really obstruct too much of what's going on in the outside world either. Yes. And, and, and Janelle, there's actually a follow on question from that. Someone has asked which are the best headphones to use with Soundscape in your opinion? For example, AirPod Pros, which would support spatial audio, or maybe bone conductor headphones like Aftershocks. It really will just come down to uh, user preference. User One of the things that we sort of, uh, yeah, designed Soundscape for is um, to make sure that uh, people were comfortable using it with their existing stereo based headphones, whatever they were and wherever they were. And yes. One thing that we're particularly excited by is that more and more devices are coming onto the market that have sensors built in that allow the outside world in uh, as well. And uh, because we know that uh, certainly in the blind and low vision community that uh, putting something over your ears or in your ears uh, can be quite um, uh, anxiety uh, uh, inducing in some way. Uh, but we're uh, you know, really excited about those uh, innovations. Uh, I think Fraser mentioned earlier on that uh, Soundscape actually works as well. Uh, with uh, without any headphones, yes. you won't get obviously the stereo spatialization effect, effect but you know you'll be able to use your phone as a pointing device and okay. still be able to discern where things are. Okay, great. So it's largely down to user preference then. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, thanks, it John. is. I, I I do want to emphasize the the point that Jonel made about you know headphones that allow you to hear the environmental sound is is the is critical. Um, bone conductions are great for that. The, the series of Bose frames that people have used, people people enjoy as well. AirPods are pretty good at that. I wouldn't say that they're perfect. They they block a little bit, but it's down to people's 
preference. So that notion of being able to hear environmental sound is key. At the same time, what John L said, if you are uncomfortable with headphones, that's perfectly fine as well. You can listen to Soundscape on your phone. You can have a single earpiece. We're still doing some work to make that even better. Um, and you may over time decide that I, I'm now more confident I will start to use stereo headphones. But again, the, the right ones that don't block your ears. Yeah, that, that's good yeah. to know. Thanks, Seamus. Uh, thanks for answering all those questions. Uh, I said we're delighted the Soundscape app is now available in Ireland and no doubt it's going to prove a very helpful navigational tool for many blind and, and low vision users. So thanks again. Back over to you, Jude. Very good. So yeah, it's been a, a great show. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Jarnell and Amos and uh, Fraser and uh, Stephen as well for joining us from Soundscape and of course our own Chantel Smith as well. Um, we really look forward to seeing how uh, how people use it because I know it's one of those things that can be used in a number of different ways and it's something that people's own experiences will probably inform us quite quite a lot in the in the future uh, some of the things that they use it for because it's so versatile it'll be very interesting just to hear some of the the user experiences as well so by all means for all of our listeners um, please do get in touch with us let us know how you get on with that as well we'd love to hear from you uh, in relation to that but in the meantime thank you very much Amos thank you Jarnell thank you Fraser and thank you Stephen for joining us from Soundscape today and uh, we look forward to trying that out a bit more and uh, Chantel thank you for all the work that you've done to to be able to get it to this point as well in Ireland and to uh, be able to get us to launch day and uh, see the, the excitement that comes from that as well so hopefully you've enjoyed today's show just a, a reminder again of course that if you need any technology assistance you can get support from the labs team here from nine to five monday to friday on 1850 92 30 60 or you can email labs at ncbi.ie and we'll help you out with uh, whatever technology issues that you have uh, to, to the best of our ability anyway i, I always uh, worry about saying something like we'll help you out with with any any technology issues that you have but we'll certainly uh, give you the assistance that uh, that'll help you if you want to avail of avail of wider ncbi services you can call 1850 3343 or you can email info at ncbi.ie of course we always appreciate your support of ncbi and if you'd like to make a donation to help support our services you can do that through donate.ncbi.ie and uh, just a, a quick reminder as well, uh, on the back of one innovation that we've been talking about here today, the, another innovation that we've talked about a few times, the NCBI Smart Hub. Um, if, you, if you want to uh, be involved in the development there as a, a tester of the NCBI Smart Hub, please do let us know by emailing smarthub at ncbi.ie. And just before we go, just a very quick reminder of what we'll be talking about in future live events. We're going to be talking to our colleagues and RNIB about technology very soon and uh, we're also going to be talking about Site Tech Global, a new annual event that's uh, just had its first iteration last year and uh, it's coming up again in December this year. Uh, our next live event is going to be held on Tuesday, August 17th at the usual time of 2.30 and if you want to stay up to date with what's happening on our live events as well as plenty more you can subscribe to our newsletter on our website 
or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie if you'd like to do that. So all that's left for me to do today is to thank our guests once again from Soundscape and from NCBI today. And of course, thanks to everyone listening in as well. And from Sean, JP and myself, goodbye for now. And we look forward to having you all back with us soon for another NCBI Labs live event. <laughs>